There's a quote on my wall downstairs that says, the most important work that you will ever do is within the walls of your home. And this is so true. Those of you who are parents understand this to be true. But in today's episode, what I want to do is I want to help you as parents, but also maybe you're an aunt, maybe you're a teacher, maybe you're a grandparent or you're a caregiver to children. And you want to do your part to help get the word of God into the children's lives that you care about. And so in this episode, I'm going to share why it's important, how we do it as a family, how we have made it a priority to get the word of God in our kids' hearts. And then the life hacks section, I give some super practical stuff. In fact, I'm going to put it in the show notes with all the links. I'll throw it on my blog as well. So that if you want to save or download any of the references and tools that I suggest, you'll be able to do that there. And that is going to be simple ways to get both your children, your younger children, your tweens and your teens engaged with the word of God. Today's episode is super practical. You can apply all of these suggestions literally today. So listen close, send this to another mom or two that you think would be interested, and let's figure out how to get the Word of God into our kids' hearts. Hi, and you're listening to Java with Jen with your host, Jenilee Samuel. Getting the Word of God in our kids is super important. We all want our kids to grow up able to brush their teeth, wipe their butt, make an appointment with their dentist, you know, the practical things. But I think what really gets a mother's heart is when we see character and fortitude and and courage in our children because those things don't come naturally to all people. And and we have to be raised into the, the ways of thinking that will nurture that in us. And so raising our kids with the word of God is part of how we do that. And so as a parent, I'm very familiar with how overwhelming it can feel at times to make sure we're raising our kids well. And so I wanted to share a little bit about some of the scriptures that have guided the way I approach this with my kids. Romans 10 17 says, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Now, we know that a lot of times as kids get older, there's this statistic that once kids hit college, like 80% of them fall away from their faith. To me, that's tragic and is not, I don't know that we can say it's the result of bad parenting. It could be the result of a very secularized college institution. But as parents, I think we always are a little bit afraid that my kid is going to fall into that statistic, right? because we want better for them. And so while they're in your home, this is your opportunity to (coughs) put the word of God into them. This scripture says, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Our kids are not going to grow up with faith just because they went to church with us. That is important. And that does play a part because the word comes in that way. But there are things we can do Monday through Saturday that nurture the word of God and the character in their life. In fact, I think that is the most important, um, ultimately important aspect of raising our kids. The Bible has asked us to disciple our children and to raise them in the way that they should go. And when they're older, they will not depart from it. That's in Proverbs or Psalms. Um, But it says if we train them in the way that they should go. Training requires intentionality, training for anything, training for a job, training for to be a gymnast, training to get your degree, 
all of it requires some element of discipline, some element of there's a price with it, there's a cost, um, whether it's financial or whether it's in blood, sweat, and tears, right? Um, and and it's, in, it's just intentional. There's an end goal and you're putting into them the tools they will need for that end goal. That's what training is about. And so the end goal for our kids is that they would be adults who serve and fear and love the Lord. Well, there are tools we can put into them to get them to that point. Now, let's, let's pull it down to super uber practical, demystify it a little bit, and take away that sense of like, voo, 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 I don't know what they're going to do, you know. Simply put, however you program your child's thinking is how they're going to think, believe, and behave. But there's a lot that goes into how our kids think, believe, and behave. It isn't just what we say with our mouth. It's really what they experience when they're with us and what they see in our lifestyle. So parents, number one, if you don't have a habit of putting the word of God in you or treating the word of God as a priority that you submit to in your household, then your children won't either. We can't expect our kids to do something we're not doing ourselves, right? And so I spend time with Jesus. My husband spends time with Jesus. When we make decisions about the kind of entertainment we watch, we build it on the principles of the word because I want my life to be molded and formed and to cater to the word of God, right? God gave us scripture to guide us. It is literally the cheat sheet for life. And so I tell my kids all the time, I'm like, I love Proverbs. It's the cheat sheet on life. And, um, and so we want to build our life on the word, not just, oh yeah, here's a scripture. I hope you're encouraged by it. No, no. I need to literally build my life around what the word of God says, even if it is a little uncomfortable. There's a cost. There's a price to following Jesus, right? That means sometimes I don't get to watch the TV shows I feel like watching. That means sometimes if I feel a check in my heart about a song on the radio, I might turn it off. That means I stop my mouth from having certain conversations or if I cross lines, I go and I make it right. I repent. I apologize. I set the... I set the the record straight. And so your kids need to see you doing that. When I was a kid, one of my parents had a bit of an anger problem based on how they grew up and, and like abuses and stuff like that. So there was just some natural anger and abuse issues. Well, I watched this parent from very, very young in my life recognize that they had an anger problem and they didn't know what else to do except to use the word of God because the word of God says that it, it transforms us. And the word says, be renewed or be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And the way that we do that is with the word of God. And so she would say the passage from Proverbs that says, um, a gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. I would hear her say it multiple times a day out loud. So not only was she renewing her mind with it, she was actually renewing my mind with it. It was one of the first verses I ever had memorized. And it literally created for me a method of how to interact with people. And I learned early on how to be diplomatic and not get angry and just be reasonable, talk things through because of that scripture. Well, I also watched her transform behind my, before my eyes. Okay, her is my mom. Um, watched her transform before my eyes. She went from angry and a little scary to literally one of the most patient humans I had ever 
encountered. And I felt safe with my mom. And, and I knew, even as a child, it was the word of God that was the difference. I knew because she would say it and her behavior would change. She would say it and her behavior would change. So it told me, A, the power of the word of God. It told me, hey, it's okay if you're human. The word of God can save you. <laughs> it told me the importance of keeping the word of God front of mind and in front of us. I learned so much from watching my mom struggle and then have victory with the word of God. And so you as a parent, if you're not modeling a life that is built around the word of God, you cannot expect your kids to. So that that's the first thing. As parents, we need to be prepared to not ask of our kids anything we're not doing and to be prepared to do what we want for them. Um, Deuteronomy 5, 32. Deuteronomy is so rich. Five and Five and six is so powerful. But it says, be careful to do what the Lord your God has commanded you. Do not turn aside to the right or to the left. Walk in all the ways that the Lord has commanded you so that you may live and prosper and prolong your days in the land that you will possess. That is a pretty powerful promise. But if you notice, there's contingency language in here. Be careful to do. And that word be careful, I looked it up. It means to keep or to guard like a garden or like a flock, or like a house. The same way that you would keep and guard your garden, the way you keep and guard your house, or a flock, um, I don't know, maybe that would be like your job, or your business, or your kids itself. We're careful, meaning I'm always aware. I'm always attentive. I'm always checking. So I did have a garden, (laughs) and I don't have much of a green thumb, but I did learn (laughs) about the price (laughs) that comes with gardening. And um, I planted a whole bunch of stuff and I was so proud of myself. I got the soil all prepared, which is important. And I got the seeds out there all organized, planted just right, which is important. They were in a place where the sun could hit it. Very important. And I had a way of watering it every day. Very important. Well, what I didn't plan for was the bugs and the animals that would consume my lovely garden. I was ticked. And I would get out there and I'd be like, tomatoes are growing. And of course, you see the stuff growing. It's so exciting. But then you have to wait and wait and wait and wait and wait and wait and wait for it to ripen. Oh my gosh. And so I was like, shoot, I'm just going to the grocery store. But I would watch and it was so satisfying when my fruit that I had buried from a seed would finally grow into this big, beautiful, ripe tomato. And I would take it off the branch and go to, you could smell it, had that garden fresh smell, you know, it's wonderful. Even the leaves smell like tomatoes. It's great. And I'd turn it around to take a bite, and wouldn't you know, some worm had gotten to it first. Excuse me, stinking worm. And so it wasn't just the worms, it was the little natty bugs that would chew, and then it was the birds that would come and eat my berries, and I was ticked. The only thing I got out of that garden was like basil and lavender and cucumbers, and my cucumbers were humongous. But anyways, the point being... There's a lot of moving parts to tending a garden, and I had to be continually watchful. I had to go water it every day, but also had to be aware of the weather, aware of circumstances, because if I water it real good in the morning, and then we have a a torrent of rain in the afternoon, well, now my plant is overwatered. And so these are all such parallels of how we have to be mindful of our kids. We have to be mindful of the environments they're going to be in and what's going to come because of it. We just had a situation where... Um, we had a place that my kids were going to go stay to vacation for 10 days or so. And 
the place where they would be staying, they made some plans to have an adult that we don't know um, come stay there as well, who lives a lifestyle that's very different than ours that we're not super comfortable with. Um, someone who, you know, just isn't our same faith and apparently is kind of um, got language that's questionable. And so we suddenly were facing down with, hold up, this environment that we thought was going to be safe for our kids now has this X factor coming in. And I don't mean not to be inhumane or insensitive, but a variable, meaning, you know, you can't control all the variables everywhere, right? School, you don't know the kid that's going to be in class next to your kid or whatever. And so I'm making the analogy of, there's external circumstances that come in and affect the health of your garden. For me, if a torrential rain was to come or the bugs or the animals come, they affect the progress of my garden. So it requires an extra watchfulness. Sometimes we forget that as parents, well, I don't know that many parents forget, but we maybe underestimate how much that's an aspect of watching over the condition of our kids' hearts is the environments that they go into. Not that you need to be hyper freaky or hyper scared or whatever, anything like that, but being aware, being careful. So if I know that my kid is going to have a classmate who deals with this, that, or the other, and they're going to be having regular conversations, I need to be aware that I need to be having regular conversations with my kids to talk about those things, right? So being the point of this being to be careful to keep a guard over like a garden to preserve and protect and to maintain self-discipline over the things that the Lord has commanded us not to turn aside from and so getting the word of God in your hearts the point of this being getting the word of God in your children's hearts requires diligence it is not going to happen accidentally it is not going to happen casually it is it is not going to happen simply because you take them to church on Sunday, though that is helpful and that is, God can use that. But if that's all that's happening, then you're not maximizing your ability as a parent to get the word of God in their hearts. Okay, so chapter six also talks about um, the word of God and it says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And these commandments that I give you today uh, are to be upon your hearts. Impress them on your children. Impress means to repeat. Repeat them with your children on repeat all the time, talking about the commands of the Lord, the things we see in the word. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands, meaning as a part of everything that you do, and bind them on your foreheads, meaning that when my kids look at me, they should encounter the word of God, right? Write them on your door frames of your houses and on your gates, meaning in your coming, in your going, you should be, the word of God should be that present. And so that created such a mental picture for me of like, if you really meditate on that passage, like impress means to repeat. And then when you're walking, when you're lying down, when you're going about in the road, when you're sitting at the dinner table, all these different situations is where we're meant to be reminding our kids of what the word of God is. So if we're not being that intentional, we're not really doing exactly what the word says in training our children. We need to be that intentional. So let me give you some examples um, of how we do this. Well, actually, let me, let me bring this up first. Keep in mind as you're thinking about this, everything in life has a price. Everything has a price. 
your convenience has a price, right? You go to the grocery store, you pay for someone else to cut up that watermelon for you, and you just buy it already cut up, you're going to pay three times (laughs) what you would have paid for the whole watermelon. (laughs) It had a price. Convenience has a price, right? Convenience with your children has a price. Nowadays, with electronics so present, I see a lot of parents for convenience. Their children are sitting in church next to them, and their kid is on a device while the parent is listening to church. Listen, friends, that has a price. What you're teaching your child is when they're at church, they can tune out. They don't need to pay attention to the word of God. Electronics can distract them. That's dangerous. That's a dangerous. Is that the price you want to pay for convenience? When we're at church, we don't let our kids on devices ever. Well, unless it's like we're there two hours early and they're just bored out of their minds. Yeah. But when the word of God is being taught, we teach them. You honor the word of God. When the word of God is being taught, you listen you be attentive, and you make application in your life. We do not allow ourselves to be distracted with anything. If they're goofing off with a friend, I am pinching the back of their arm. <laughs> I'm that mom, you know? So convenience has a price. When you're at a restaurant with, uh, with another family, and if your kids are just on devices the whole time or I'm on my device, that has a price. The price is it's gonna hurt those relationships. If I let my kids be on devices when people are around all the time, The price is they won't develop social skills. And so when it comes to the word of God in your kids' lives, if you choose convenience, if you choose laziness, if you choose comfort zone, if you choose we didn't have enough time, there's a price. And the price may be that your kid's character and thinking is not being formed. And when they grow up, they're the ones who are going to reap the fruit of what we did not do as parents. And so I would think about that every time that we'd be at church and my kids were little and they'd have to sit in service with me. And it was like, <laughs> I just wanted to gouge my eye out with a pen. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, I can't make it. I just thought, I reminded myself, I said, generally, there's a price. If you want your kids to grow up behaved You've got to do these hard things of sitting in service with them, taking them to the bathroom six times to spank them if necessary to teach them how to behave. Everything has a price. So the word of God has a price. If you're going to put it in, if you're going to submit your life to it, if you're going to build your life around the word of God, there's a price. It should make your life look different than the people around you. So my kids are experiencing this now where they're like, our kid, our friends don't have time limits on their devices. And I look at them and I say, you know what, baby? There's a price for that. You guys have time limits because I want you to learn to walk in balance with electronic devices. Your friends are not my responsibility. And you don't know all the rules in their house. They probably do have limits and you're just not aware of it. You know, but they're feeling that there is a price. There's a price for everything. When they make money, they tithe. And that is us conforming our life to the word of God. They, my kids know when they get any money, they give 10% back to the Lord. It belongs to the Lord. That's a price that we're willing to pay to stay in the blessing that is released on our life because of the tithe. Okay? That's a whole other topic. Ooh, we should talk about that. I should do an episode on that. Anyways, so there is a price. So think about the price you're willing to pay. Are you willing to get up a little earlier with the kids so you can have Bible time before school? Are you willing to have the discipline of at night when you're exhausted, sitting down with the family and having Bible time? Whatever it is though, whatever price you choose to pay, just be consistent with it. That's what I would encourage you. Be consistent with it. And in different seasons, of course, habits and and, and things will change. But just keep in mind, whatever... 
if you're not being intentional with the word of God, they are not accidentally going to be raised to follow Jesus. They will accidentally be raised to follow whatever is the loudest voice in their life. And if that's television, it's television. And it's the voice of our culture. If it's the friend at school that's telling them that all these ungodly things are cool, and that's the loudest voice in their life, that is the loudest voice. We have a friend whose child has been raised in church. They're not currently at a church, but they love Jesus. And um, But unfortunately, there's not a lot of, wor- of the word of God going into her daughter's life. And her daughter is, is um, you know, kind of experimenting with alternative lifestyles. And mom is really upset over it, understandably so, because the daughter knows it's wrong. But I, I looked at her and, and we were talking it through and I said, you know what? I said, how much of the word of God is going into your daughter? And she was like, huh. And she thought about it and she realized her daughter's not getting the word of God in her life at all. And I was like, well, how can you expect her to think according to the word of God if the word of God isn't going in? Like A plus B equals C, what we put in our brains is how we're going to think and that's how we're going to operate. Whatever is the loudest voice, it's how your kids are going to behave. And that's why the word of God matters. And so one, one area, we'll get into this right now, but what goes in will come out of you. What you sow, you will reap. If you sow the word of God into your kids through your behavior, through your words, through your entertainment, all these things, you will reap that from them faithfully eventually. Um, now, if you are saying, obey this scripture, be kind to your siblings, but you are being unkind to your children, your children are not fools. They will not fall for it. <laughs> and this holds me accountable. And I'm like, if I tell my kids to be patient with each other and not take a tone, I need to be careful that I'm not, I'm not taking a tone either, right? I have to model it. They won't believe the word of God if I can't demonstrate the word of God, right? Anyways, so what goes in will come out with your kids. Um, I had a child who was demonstrating a lot of unkindness and we just couldn't We couldn't get to the bottom of it. I was like, what is the deal? Why does he think this is okay? And so finally, as part of his discipline, I said, listen, you're losing these privileges. No game time, no no videos, no TV right now. You're grounded from those things because your behavior, your character is problematic. And I said, here's what we're going to do. As part of your, your growth plan to improve your character, I want you to write down 15 scriptures. You have to find them in the word. And I want you to find 15 scriptures about how you use your words and how you love people. And so, you know what? He went to the Bible. He used his concordance. He found scriptures. He wrote them all out by hand because they're not allowed to type it. They got to write it by hand. And then when he brought it to me, we went through every single one. And I said, okay, tell me what you learned from this. Tell me what you learned from this. Tell me what you learned from this. And as he does that, I am trying to help him develop new thinking. Because at the end of the day, all of our behavior, all of our speech comes out of our thinking. If you put the word of God into their minds, you will reap the word of God from their lives. If you don't put it in, it won't come out. All right, so here's how, um, here's how we do this. Walking out the word of God in our lives. A, you've got to set an example. My mom set an example by using scripture to change an area where she was weak. And what I love about that story is that it demonstrated for me that you don't have to be perfect. And that's why we have God. (laughs) A lot of people think you can't go to church. You can't be a Christian unless you're perfect because you don't want to be hypocrite. No, guys, that's the whole reason Jesus came. (laughs) Because we need a savior. (laughs) We need someone to help us. And so do we want our lives to reflect the word of God? Yes. 
But you know what? I'm going to need the word of God to get there. If I have an anger issue, I need the word of God to help me. If I have a, a discipline issue, I need the word of God to help me. So don't be afraid to pull the word of God into your struggles. Your children will learn from it. Another way that I learned about the example of getting the word of God in as a kid was I watched my dad get up early every morning and faithfully sit over his Bible and study it and journal every morning. He didn't, he didn't broadcast it. He didn't brag about it. He, didn't, he was very quiet about it. But I saw, I paid attention, I noticed, and to me, it told me, if it's important to dad, it must be important. If he does it every day, it must be really important. If he's willing to wake up early to do it, it must be really important. So when I was in high school, after I had an encounter with the Lord and gave my life to him at 14, guys, I woke up at 5 a.m. as a high schooler to have time with Jesus. 5 a.m. Y'all, I don't wake up at 5 a.m. right now. But I did start waking up early so I could have time with Jesus before the workday. It's great. Instead of, instead of you know, cutting into my workday. I needed more time. Um, so I'm waking up earlier. You could do it at nighttime. Whatever. Get the word of God in. Your kids will notice this. Okay. You must demonstrate your process of choosing to submit to the word of God. The kids need to see you pay a price. They need to see you do this. Um, they need to see that it's going to cost you something because the reality is obeying the word of God in any culture, but especially ours, it's going to cost you something. It means that people are not always happy with what I post on Facebook because they disagree. It means that people are going to call me judgmental or holier than thou or whatever. And it's not that I go around pointing my finger in their face, telling them, how did you, you guys know me, you know my heart. I'm not like that. But there will be times I'm misunderstood because I have a boundary or I make a stance. And that's okay. That's a cost. And, and the Bible talks about that too. Okay, here's some very, let's get practical here. How do we get the word of God into our kids? Okay, now we know it's important. How are we going to do this? One simple way that I loved that I learned when my kids were tiny. My third was like 18 months, two years old. And I went to a little, um, a little class on a Saturday about teaching your kids the word of God. And they were talking about the importance of repetition. And so what I started doing to get them to memorize scripture. So what I started doing is when I had all my kids together, which would be at lunchtime or breakfast, um, we would memorize Psalms 91. So while they're sitting there eating their food, I would start with Psalms 91. And we would just say... <laughs> I don't remember it anymore. He who dwells in the shadow of the Almighty will something in the, um, um, clearly it's been a while. They're older now. Um, but I do love Psalms 91. I really, I promise. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. So I would do one phrase at a time. He who dwells in the shelter, and then the boys would say, he who dwells in the shelter. We keep saying it till they got annoyed with it. They'd be like, okay, what's next? And then we'll find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. And then, so we would just add the next phrase. And so then we would repeat, 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 repeat until it's like they don't even have to think about it. And so we would just add a little extra phrase at a time. So over the course of a few months, me and my toddler children memorized the entire chapter of Psalms 91. Now, I'm a great example right now of the importance of keeping the word of God readily before you. Psalms 91, I had it memorized, could say it backwards and forwards. Now, I don't even know how to start it. Why? Because I haven't looked at it in a while. So you do need to keep those things fresh. But Benjamin, my youngest, I was doing this as a means to teach him to communicate. He didn't have an issue with communicating, but he was young. And I thought it would help him formulate words more quickly. And it did. He's very eloquent. And um, by the time he was, was it two years old? 
or three years old. By the time he was two or three years old, I think it was two, he had the entire chapter, Psalms 91, memorized. To the point that like, because we would say, I would say it with Benjamin, not just at mealtime, but then when I'd lay him down for nap time and bedtime, we would say it. And he, he thought it was like a prayer. And so what he would say is he'd go, pray shadow almighty, pray shadow almighty. And so he wanted to pray it. So I would pray it. And if <laughs> the more we memorized, the, um, the, the more that we memorized, the longer that it got. So the longer that it took to get through it, right? It's like 16 verses or something. And so when I would try to like take shortcuts and like shorten the process just to get the kid in bed, he would be like, no, no, no. And he would say the part that I was skipping over. And so that's how I knew he really had memorized this chapter. So that's one way. Repetition with your kids at mealtime, at bedtime, nap time, in the car, anytime you're together on a consistent basis, pull out a scripture you guys are memorizing. When they're little, they're even more involved and cooperative about this. Um... Okay, secondly, the rules in your home need to be built around scripture. Well, I say need to be. They can be your own personal preference, of course. But in our home, at least, we build the rules of our home around scripture. Why? Because I want the boys to understand the boundaries we put in our lives have, they come from somewhere. They aren't just abstract and, and like, oh, because I feel like it. They come from somewhere. They come from the word of God. That teaches them two things. A, rules are not without purpose and they're not without... Um, a sense of a moral compass. They come from somewhere, from absolute right and wrong in the word. But then B, it also shows them using the word of God to build our life, building even the boundaries of our home. Okay, so rules in your home. Um, thirdly, the word of God is useful for correcting, edifying, etc. It says this in the New Testament, that the word of God is useful for encouraging, edifying, correcting, and rebuking. So when you're disciplining your children, and you want to be strategic with this. You don't want to beat them up with the word of God. That's not the goal. But when you're correcting your children, when I correct my kids, I explain to them kind of the same thing as the rules in the house. Listen, the reason it's unkind to punch your brother in the face is because the Bible says we need to treat others the way we want to be treated. Do you want to be punched in the face? No. Okay, then do not punch your brother in the face. So I pull scripture into my reasoning as I'm giving them the wisdom of their correction. Does that make sense? So pull the word of God into correcting them. I try to, every time I correct them, I pull a scripture into it so that they always see that my reasoning, my thinking comes from the word of God because subconsciously they're going to learn. If I don't know how to do something, I can go to the word of God for an answer, right? Okay. Another way you can do this, get the word of God in them is write it and leave it around the house. The Bible said in Deuteronomy, write it on your doorposts, you know, and on your gates. You're coming and you're going. So right now I have written across the top of the boy's mirror in their bathroom. It was something I just made up, but it reinforces principles out of Proverbs where it says a mistake is not a failure until you choose to stop learning from it. And so I just put that up there. That when they're brushing their teeth, they've got something to read and it gets in their mind. You can put scriptures across the top of their mirrors. I do that all the time. And you can print up scriptures like in cool fonts and maybe put them in little frames and put them around your house. It's not hard to find scriptures for our walls these days, which is wonderful. But don't underestimate the power of that. Because I remember as a kid, my mom had a laminated sheet on our fridge that was like the rules of this house. And 
I remember when I would stand in the kitchen board and we were all standing around talking, I remember just reading that over and it would reinforce in me the standards that were expected of me. We do not lie. We do not steal. We do not treat others with disrespect. It just, it just reinforced it because it would go into my mind in those little moments. That's what I think the word means when it says write it on your doorpost, put it around because when, when your kids aren't thinking or they're just daydreaming or they're just sitting around, if their eyes can land on the word of God, it's still getting in their heart. Okay, another way is family time. We try to do family time in the evening together at least two times a week. We try to do it as many times as possible, but it just takes 30 minutes or so. At the end of the day, when we're all winding down, I actually find that it makes the bedtime tuck-in process a little shorter, which is awesome, because kids need that sense of connection at the end of the day. And so when we all sit as a family, it brings such a sense of family connection. I just love it. Um, and so what we'll do, we've, we've done a variety of things. We've done right now media, you know, little lessons or whatever. Um, when I do it with the kids, I like to just read like four or five verses, not a whole chapter unless we're reading a story, you know, but it, I love Proverbs. So I try to talk to them out of Proverbs. And so, you know, I'll read three, four, five verses and we'll kind of just pick it apart and I'll ask them questions. What does that phrase mean? Picture that. What do you think that really looks like? And I'm, I try to get them to really imagine what the word of God is really talking about and kind of pull the richness out of it. And I'll ask them questions, okay, based on what we just read, which of those verses stands out to you for your life? Which one do you want to implement in your life? And so I'm trying to train them to think about direct application. This should be changing my behavior. And I reinforce that constantly. Like, we don't want to just have knowledge of the word of God. We want to have lives changed by the word of God. Knowledge puffs up, love builds up. If we're viewing the word of God through the lens of love, I love God, I love his word, then it's going to build who we are. If we're just going in there to check box and get some knowledge, it's going to puff us up in pride and not change our hearts. And that's not what we're after. Okay, so family time. Have family time with kids. Make it fun. I would just say out of my own experiences, the more fun you make it, the more they're going to enjoy it. Um, but sometimes our family times, we have to correct the boys and we get frustrated with them because they're being goofy, they're being distracting, they're poking each other and be, and we've had to train them, you are being disrespectful to the word of God. Sit down and be still. And and I don't like when Bible time goes like that because I don't want them to feel negatively around the word of God. However, even though that's how it goes a lot of times, um, one of my sons, I said, if you could change anything about our family life or keep anything the same, what would you change or keep? And he said, well, I would keep Bible time and I would keep chore time because I don't want more chores. So I'll keep short time like it is, and I would keep Bible time. And I said, you like Bible time? And he goes, yeah, I do. And I was like, wow, okay, that's encouraging. Because <laughs> half the time we end up fussing at the kids. <laughs> so, but I think that that goes down to show like kids know that they don't know how to live life. They know they need guidance. And there is so much comfort that comes from the word of God that brings clarity, brings truth. And not only that, but it brings togetherness when we all come together. Um, I like to listen to the word of God in my car when we're driving. If we're driving to school, um, instead of just putting on music or whatever, I'll plug in my phone and I'll let Proverbs play. That way the boys are listening to Proverbs on the way to school. It doesn't happen every morning. Sometimes we talk. Sometimes 
we have music. Sometimes I'm griping at them. Sometimes I'm telling them how wonderful they are. You know, mornings can be different. But putting the word of God, if I'm going to listen to it in my ears and the kids are in the car with me, I just plug it into the system so they can listen to it with me. Um, Talk about stuff. This is another way. Ask the kids thought-provoking questions. Ask them, what did you learn at church? What did you think about that? Um, if you read a scripture that day or you read something as a family or you heard <laughs> one time we were listening to Proverbs in the morning and it was, <laughs> it was right before I dropped them off for school. And it was like talking about rape or sex or the adulterous woman or something like very aggressive. <laughs> and so I, I kind of laughed about it and I turned the, the thing off as I was pulling in the driveway of the school and I said, well, boys. It's a bit of an awkward topic to start your day with, but I hope you'll have a good day anyways. And they just laughed. And I was like, we can talk about all this later if you guys want. They're like, it's okay. So, you know, it'll bring up some interesting conversations, but whatever. It is what it is. Their conversation's worth having. And then talk about it. You know, if the Bible brings up a topic like sex, talk about it. I mean, like, why not? You should be the safest place for them to ask these questions. Um, tell the kids what you're learning. Sometimes when I get in the car with one of the boys and they're not talking, they're just being quiet. <clears throat> I'll just talk to them and I'll share with them what I'm learning. Like what I read in the Bible that morning and, and how it challenged me and, and how it confronted my thinking and how it corrected me and the changes I'm going to make as a result. Because that way they can see from my transformation again as well. And it creates interesting conversations. And then from there, I can ask them questions like, have you ever thought about that? What do you think about that? Would you have thought, or like, do you feel like that scripture applies to you? How would it apply to your your life where you're at? And so have conversations about Bible topics. Um, you can discuss what you just saw in a movie. This is another one. Uh, if we're watching a movie and there's a lot of rebellion in it where the kids are constantly disobeying the parents and then the parents end up having to apologize at the end of the movie because, you know, whatever, it's so backwards. Um, we'll talk about that. And I'll say, okay, guys, look what we just watched. And I'll kind of pick it apart and say, that's what the TV just taught you in that TV. But what do we know that the word of God says? And so how do we know that we need to operate? What that TV show just showed us, that's not a godly way of operating. That's a worldly way of operating. We are going to operate differently. And so the TV can provide great opportunities for discussion. Um, we want to nurture their hearts and not just their minds. And so I always want to, when we're talking about the word of God, I always want to go back to the why behind it, to the, the purpose that God gave it to us. And, and to always try, I, I don't always succeed, but to always try to present it through the lens of love and not just rules, not fear, not control, but love. Love builds up. If we can see and receive the word of God through the lens of love, it will build our children. Um, you need to regulate other voices that are going in. We kind of already talked about this. And again, I mentioned if there's a continual behavior problem, have them look up scriptures to address that behavior problem. Like be honest with them. Like, hey, listen, I don't know what the issue is, but we keep having a problem with you being disrespectful. Have a conversation about it. Give them the opportunity to own their behavior. Give them the opportunity to, to think it through and realize the impact it's having. And this is especially with older children. Um, but what I do is, you know, there's still consequences. Just because we have a conversation doesn't mean there's no consequences. In fact, usually there's consequences and then there's a conversation. <laughs> and that's because I want them to understand your actions have a, have a cause and effect. 
And if you don't get your actions straightened out, then there's consequences. And so, but have a conversation too, because what that does is it, it treats them with respect. It gives them a sense of ownership over who they are and the ability to speak for themselves and own their behavior. And, um, I'll, I'll end with this. There was one time a couple of weeks ago that one of my sons had been kind of more closed off with me. And so I'd asked him a question about, you know, a girlfriend and he was very short very abrupt, very cold with his answers. And so I was trying to be patient with it, but it was hurting my feelings. And, um, and I said, well, I said, buddy, you're supposed to talk to your mom about this kind of stuff. I said, who do you talk to? And he goes, well, I talked to Judah and I talked to dad. And he kind of said it in like a nah, nah, nah kind of way. And, um, you know, it just kind of was like a little bit of a stab to the heart. And so I just said, okay. And normally I swallow, I just swallow those moments. You know, I'm a parent. I can take it. I got, I got big girl britches, you know, but I actually felt like that moment required some vulnerability. And so I looked at my son and I said, you know, as a woman, as a, the thing that makes my life rich and significant is my relationships. And I said, I want to be involved in your life. I want to know what's going on in your life because I love you so much. And I said, when you respond like that, here's how it makes me feel. It makes me feel really, really hurt and rejected by you. And, and so I kind of went through like, the vulnerability language. I got vulnerable and because that brings guards down, right? And so I got a little bit vulnerable and I cried and I just let him see my heart. And so I said, listen, that's how you, that's how your behavior's making me feel. I love you. And I, I usually don't let on when you're hurting my feelings. And I said, but you're hurting my feelings when you act like this. And, um, so I said, good night. And I went to the other boy's room to say good night. And on my way back through the hallway, he called to me and I came in and he goes, mom, I'm sorry for hurting your feelings. I don't mean to make you feel like that. And so the reason, the reason I share the story is because what I did in that moment is I had a conversation with him about how his behavior affected me. We can have those conversations with our kids about the word of God and how it should affect them or how their behavior affects us and why we need the word of God or what the word of God says in contrast to their behavior, right? And what it did is it gave him... I treated him with respect because basically I was saying, you're the only one who can control your behavior. And this is how your behavior is affecting me. And I just left it at that. And he, in, in his remorse and his desire to not actually hurt me, corrected and repented all on his own. And so when you have conversations about scripture with your kids, it actually conveys to them respect, that you respect their thinking, that you respect their perspective, that you respect their voice. And so not just, we don't want to just shove scripture down their throats. We do want to train their thinking, but have conversations with your kids about this. And I find that they receive those conversations um, in a way that really nurtures the relationship because it conveys respect and that I take them seriously. So that's what I've got for this episode. I have to stop because the life hacks is 12 minutes <laughs> and I don't want to go beyond that. So thank you guys for listening. Check out the life hacks. Lots of practical stuff in there that I'm going to throw into the show notes and into my blog so you can catch the links. And my timer is telling me that I am about to have um, not enough time for this episode. So I'm going to let you guys go. I love you and send me messages if there's any other topics you'd like me to address.
All right, let's get into the nitty gritty of the fun stuff. I love practical tools, you guys know this. So here are some apps that specifically I focused in on apps because all of our kids are wanting time on technology, right? And so in this life hack, I'm focusing on ways to pull your kids into the Word of God using the technology that they love so much, right? Okay, so for your younger kids, there are three apps I want to recommend. There's probably more out there, but I didn't want to overwhelm you. So the first one I love is the Superbook app. I don't know if any of y'all watched Superbook when you were kids, but even my husband, who's a phenomenal preacher, shares how sometimes he will have the Superbook cartoons running through his head when he's preaching, reminding him of how the story goes. He knows the word of God, but Superbook made that much of an impact. So their app is super cool. It's very interactive. It even has a, a place on there where if the kid is interested in receiving Jesus, it walks them through the prayer of salvation it's literally so cool and it's free. So Superbook app. Also, there's one I just found today. It's called Minnow Kids TV. Um, Minnow is spelled M-I-N-N-O. Minnow Kids. And it's TV shows for Christian kids. So if you need your kid to stay busy, let's say you're sitting down with your realtor signing papers to buy your house and you literally need your kid to be quiet. So you put a phone in front of them. You know, I, I don't recommend doing this all the time, but there are those moments that arise when it's necessary, Right. Well, you can know that they're going to be watching something that's good for them and you don't have to worry about what they'll find on YouTube. Lock this app in so that all they can watch is these little Christian cartoons. They've got VeggieTales on there and other popular ones. It seems really cool. And then the third one is called Bible App for Kids. And I believe it's an offshoot of the YouVersion Bible app, which is one of the most popular downloadable Bible apps out there. And so this one is Bible app. It has a little, the icon is like a yellow background with the face of Jesus as a cartoon. And it has some really cool interactive games and that take them through Bible stories and stuff. So those are the three I recommend for younger kids. For like teens and tweens, um, if you guys haven't watched The Chosen, which is a new TV series, you can download the app called, well, let's see. Yes, don't look it up on Netflix. There's another show on Netflix that is not the one you're looking for. Go to the app store and download the app called The Chosen. And you can watch the watch the shows from your phone. Or you can like airdrop it, airstream it to your television. And so we watch this as a family. Y'all, I cried in every episode. And I love this series. My kids loved it. We binge watched it for a week. Um, but I love because it goes through these different milestones of Jesus's life, but from other characters perspectives. So it was super impactful. I loved that it was not cheesy. <laughs> Amen for Christian television. That's not cheesy. And so these guys are 100% sponsorship supported. And so if you download it or whatever, they're going to ask you, they're going to give you the opportunity to support the show. I recommend supporting, even if you just throw 10 bucks in or whatever you're able to do. It is such an impactful series and it's such a great series to sit down and watch with your kids and then talk through afterwards and ask them what part impacted you the most. Like, did that make you think of the Bible story in a different way? It's just such a phenomenal show. Okay. There's that show I recommend as TV time or even like Bible time with the family. Um, another app that we highly recommend is Right Now Media. It's a collection of Christian uh, resources in one place. There are, um, we've done, there's like a Bible, what's it called? 
Bible studies that you can do with your kids and their video series. And so they have them on both popular books that are out there and then just ones that are unique to Right Now Media, but they're all quality. They also have a huge section of kids shows and kid, Christian, crid, blah, sorry, Christian kids shows. And there are tons. In fact, when I went through them all, I was like kind of wishing my kids were young again, <laughs> younger, um, so that I could watch all of them with them. Um, but anyways, so it's a really great resource. Right Now Media, a lot of churches have memberships with Right Now Media so that the members of their church can use the app for free. And so check with your church and see if they have a membership with Right Now Media. And if so, you may be able to use it free. But it's also a great, I mean, it's got Bible plans on there. So maybe you have a teen and you're like, hey, let's let's go through a Bible plan. You could do that on Right Now Media and then just do it with them and, and either do it at the same time or connect after they've done it. Um, so Right Now Media is another one. Let's see. Also, one practical suggestion is just having... Bible time with you as an adult, as a parent with them. Your tw your tweens and teens, though they're looking for their independence, they simultaneously still crave the oversight of your, of your voice and your loving care in their life. And what they care for the most is they want to be listened to. They want to be heard. Um, Dr. Caroline Leaf had talked about the psychological development of teens and that from 12 and on, psychologically what their brain needs the most is to be able to talk and feel listened to in a safe space. And so having Bible time with them is important, but it may really stir up important conversations. So having time with them, even if it's just twice a week, even if it's at the dinner table, even if it's just when you're tucking them in at night, even if it's on the drive to school, find ways to connect with your team about the word of God. Um, we're, we got into it over the episode, but this is a really important way to connect with them. Um, another practical suggestion is the YouVersion app, the YouVersion Bible app. In it, um, they have plans that you can do, like say I want to dive into, in fact, I did this with one of my sons. He was struggling with being kind. And so we looked up a plan on kindness and then their plans, you can do them private or you can do them shared and so you can do them with somebody and so myself and my son both downloaded the app we both subscribed to that same plan and we did it jointly and then when you do it as like a like a group it'll take you through like the bible text reading the devotional reading and then in the last little screen it'll give you somewhere where you can write your own thoughts about that Bible reading for the day. And so what I loved is I could see Levi's thoughts. So during the summertime, we'll oftentimes do this with the kids. They they get set up with their own devotional situation, whether it's the U version or something else. And before they can do game time, before they can turn the TV on, before anything, they have to do their devotional time. And so on U version, uh, since I could was doing this in partnership with Levi, then I was able to see his notes. And I told him, you know, so that I know that you've read it. I want to also see what your thoughts are after you've read it because the point of reading the word is that it impacts us and changes us. And so I want to hear your thoughts about how this impacts your life. And so that was just a really neat thing for us to do together. So that's the YouVersion app. Um, in order to help them memorize scripture, when I was a teenager, I carried around a little flip uh, like index cards on a spiral 
thing and I wrote a ton of scripture cards when I would read my Bible reading for that morning, which my parents never made me do it. It was just something I opted to do based on my dad's example of having morning devotions. And so I would have morning devotions and I wanted to memorize the word of God. And so I would write scriptures on these index cards and I'd carry it around with me. And so that's super simple. Or they have apps as well. And one app is called Fighter Verses. For $2.99, I guess you get full access, and then they can use that to memorize scripture. Or there's another app called Scripture Typer, and there's a free version or there's a $10 version. Um, and so both of those are memory verse apps. There may be others in the app store that you like better. Look around, browse around, but um, having them get in the habit of memorizing scripture is really great. And when they can find a way that they like to do it, they're more likely to do it. Another option is Insta... Instagram devotionals. If your child is on Instagram, our kids are not on social media at this point, um, but if your kid is on Instagram, there is um, a, an account that they could follow called Pocket Fuel, and in it they create regular content that is meant to encourage and inspire and get the Word of God in front of people, so encourage them to subscribe to that, but you might also encourage them to create their own content. If they like YouTube, if they like social media, if they like TikTok and they like being on there, maybe encourage them to start their own little devotional postings that they do to inspire their peers. I've actually seen a number of teenagers that that do this and they're phenomenal and they have huge massive followings and so even as a teenager they're influencing people with the word of God. It's just so cool. Um, you could do live devotionals uh, on Facebook, Periscope, YouTube, etc. Almost every platform has streaming live options and so maybe doing a live devotional I personally, I don't know that I would do that, but if your kid wants to get on there and do like a live devotional reading, that's another way they can do that on Instagram. Um, it's another type of content they could put on there. Um, another option is text-a-verse. Now, there, there may be apps on the App Store um, that do this. That it looks like there was a Oh, I put the, I'll, I'll, I'll link the article that I had pulled some of these from, but there was a a feature to the group app that makes it available where they can put in their phone number and they'll receive a text verse. But what I think is even cooler is if you text a verse from your morning reading to your child every day, it creates a conversation between the two of you. And I personally love texting my kids. I don't do it a ton, but I love the fact that I can send them gifts, send them emojis, send them little funny text messages, or just send them I love you. I just think that's kind of another neat way for us to communicate with our kids. Um, and then Daily Bible Inspirations, that's another app that I found. It looks really cool, um, really beautiful photos with verses overlaid, and it has the ability for you to leave notes, and it's kind of similar to the version one, but it's a little more streamlined, and I believe it, it has a widget that you can put on your home screen so that there's a verse that they'll see every day when they open their phone. And so that is super cool. This Daily Bible Inspirations app has really great reviews and um, like phenomenal reviews. It's like five stars across the board. And so I recommend that one as well. So those are some really practical ones. I blew through that fast. Um, but what I'm going to do is I'm going to, I'm going to write all of that up and put it in the show notes and make the links available so you guys can get to those. And if this episode was helpful, impactful, useful, resourceful, whatever, let me know. Let me know if it was. Um, we're going to be talking about the family 
throughout the month of April. If you have any questions or topics you'd like addressed, we can take it further into May. Um, just as a heads up, in June, I will be taking that month off, possibly maybe six weeks off, just to kind of rest, refresh, and gear up for the next season. We'll be going into season three. And so I'm pretty excited about that. With it, I'll be, I'll be creating new artwork and kind of switching the branding just a little bit, but it'll still be, you know, same podcast, same host. And so just as a heads up, I wanted you guys to know about that. So put this episode out there, share it on social media, share it with a friend. Listen, guys, when you share, when you talk back to me, it's so helpful. When it's crickets and I see nothing and I hear nothing, I kind of wonder... <laughs> If it's making any difference at all. So it is helpful for me to hear back from you guys. So let me know if you're watching it, if you're appreciating it, share it. Just give me your feedback. It, it really helps me as far as um, shaping the direction that I go with the podcast. Because again, I am here to serve you and to build you up and encourage you in your walk with the Lord. So thank you for listening, guys. And I'll see you next week. Thanks so much for tuning in to today's show. For those of you who've rated or shared this podcast on social media, thank you. Reading your comments and reviews always means so much to me. Listen, let's stay connected. Come follow me on Instagram at Java with Jen, where you can follow the latest and say hey. It's a really great way to stay in touch. Many of you have also asked how you can support the show. You can make donations through the Anchor app or on Patreon, or of course, by sharing, rating, and reviewing on social media and iTunes as well. Thank you to each of you for your ongoing support. Your heartfelt feedback always reminds me why I do this. Until next time, remember, you've got this and God's got you.